0: Good morning, everybody. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, so, um, I'm going to pick up the theme to, to a degree and uh, uh, run with it. It's, uh, the presentation will be about a specific type of uh, uh, engagement, so it's about academic entrepreneurship. But the, uh, the implications uh, of, of that study that we did here are, are broader, and so they fit in within the broader picture. Of the, uh, of, of the of the thing of the workshop, so uh, mm-hmm. joint work with Ricardo Fini mm-hmm. and Bianca. Uh, the motivation here is to think about when we get academics to um, engage with uh, impact relevant <coughs> practices, KE, or you know there are probably about ten different names <laughs> that these activities have. Um, what are the implications for the main mission? Uh, of the university sector, you know, you could argue education is a uh, is, uh, you know, is obviously one of the main missions, but research uh, in the self-understanding of many academics uh, is is probably core to what they perceive uh, their identity to be. So the question is, if we get academics uh, to do more ke, uh, what implications does that have for for the production of science, both, both individually as well as on a system level? Because uh, The background to this is that we have built, especially after the Second World War, uh, a global system that's highly differentiated, the system of science with its own conventions, with its own professional systems, with its own individual identities. And it's a very, very strong uh, uh, differentiation. It's a very strong sector um, that has, that is quite distinct from, from everything else. And you could argue that the existence of that sector is, is a crucial ingredient of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of of an economy, and certainly of developed economies, in terms of producing uh, that that um, knowledge is public good that is not going to be produced by any companies as a matter of their business. So uh, that is sort of the, the, the very big picture of that. So um, if we think about academic entrepreneurship. And what does that actually mean? Uh, it's quite a- atypical, again, uh, from, from any other context. So usually, uh, if you work for a company and you become an entrepreneur, uh, what happens? Well, uh, you, you probably are gonna end up in some kind of antagonistic relationship with your employer, and you're probably going to leave. Even though evidence shows that most companies are actually founded from within by people who are actually still working at, at an employer. Uh, that That's called uh, hybrid entrepreneurship. Um, and uh, the, the notion of hybrid entrepreneurship is that um, as long as the risk of, of um, <coughs> running your own company is too high, you stay with your employer to hedge your risk. Uh, that is not the same in the university sector, as we know. Uh, universities are very keen for, and policy makers are very keen uh, for uh, academics to be hybrid entrepreneurs perpetually. Hmm. And most most academic most academics want to be hybrid entrepreneurs as opposed to full-time, you know, so that's what they want. So the question is, they are entrepreneurs at the same time as their employees, in the long term. And so the question is even more than, what implications does that have for, for their day job, as it were, for their day jobs teaching research, particularly research and in this study. So we're gonna look at research. So uh, it's, an, it's a phenomenon driven question. Um, we're going to uh, analyze and explore statistically what impact uh, engagement in entrepreneurship has on production and the subsequent production of of, uh, of scientific knowledge on the part of those individuals who engage in that in that entrepreneurship. So previous studies, what do they say? Well it's, it's, a, it's a broad field. First of all, there are equivalent studies that have looked at other KE channels if, if, you, if you will, uh, and their impact on, on academic productivity. So for example, uh, patenting, uh, as well as industry collaboration, so there's a few studies out there. Uh, the evidence um, of that, that these studies mostly show is that um, the, these types of engagements are positive, negative, positive. So that that's that's the majority view. There are also a few studies on uh, on uh, academic entrepreneurship. The evidence there is also mostly positive, even though. Um, we wouldn't necessarily trust all of these studies in terms of uh, the stats. <laughs> <laughs> um, and secondly, um, there's also some some, uh, uh, some dissenting views. So uh, there's, uh, there's one um, friend of mine and a friend of yours, probably uh, Guido Broomstorff, uh, yeah. uh, his study sort of finds a negative effect uh, in the study of the Max Planck Society. So uh, also, uh, we don't know much about how any effect may be produced. What's the mechanism? You know, is it because, because you could say, you could say uh, academics spend a lot of time on, on, on academic entrepreneurship, so they do not science anymore. So there may be different mechanisms at play that that may have uh, implications for um, um, how, how that effect is produced. So in this study, what we're trying to do is uh, two things. Uh, we want to establish the effect, and we want to establish uh, how that effect may be produced mm. so um in order to to establish uh, uh, how an effect is produced we need we need a little theory mm. so um so we would ch- we're trying to think about what could be an appropriate theory here that could explain um what happens when an academic starts commercializing uh, their startup or through their startup what happens so we, we we thought, okay, let's let's try and think about it from, from the very bottom up, uh, and propose an attention view. So the, the idea is that once you, um, the, the normal way of conducting business as an academic is, is what? You, you work within your discipline, um, the discipline gives you the questions, uh, it's quite self-contained, as we know science is a conservative business, is the, the research questions are given to the members of the research community by the members of the research community themselves, and <laughs> uh, uh, grants are given to anybody by the same members and so on. So, and, and so that, that leads to kind of a certain reproduction of, um, that is actually exploitation, technically speaking, in the sense of, you know, of, uh, of, uh, of March, 1991. That's exploitation when you don't go out and explore, right? So that, that's the normal conduct for business. Now, when somebody uh, has a uh, starts up a company, what happens? Well, um, it, then it will be the case that they will have to, um, buy, they will be forced to um, engage with uh, different uh, bodies of knowledge. So, so they will be um, having to deal with, let's say, downstream, problems, for example, of how to implement technology. Um, <coughs> you know, if somebody works on a drug, for example, on a, a molecule, uh, they will have to think about toxicology and the, li- the delivery mechanisms and so on. So they will be forced to, by force, to go outside the discipline. And so um, as as an effect that, in a way, it can be thought of as a shift of attention, force shift of attention that that this this engagement and entrepreneurship um, uh, will will uh, will will affect. And so what will happen is that they will technically explore. Mm-hmm. Exploring, technically speaking, means that you are uh, re- you are, uh, engaging with new knowledge elements, mm-hmm. right? That you haven't engaged with before. That that's exploration. And so so the first hypothesis, is, if you will, is to say. Um, there will be an increased tendency for um, academics to go outside the disciplines and explore. Mm. So uh, here we have a few examples, we did a little bit of quantitative research. Um, Let me just read read you out one of them. Um, This is uh, is an academic who uh, works on uh, vaccines and so here they say um, (coughs) <coughs> the obvious application of my of my knowledge was in vaccine development, but then I didn't know anything about it, so I had to learn about that. So it was a new it was a new area for me, and and that was one aspect of the commercial activity feeding back into my research. Because mm-hmm. what happens um, when they do this? Well, they still work at the university, right? Mm. So um, they will continue to be incentivized to publish, because otherwise they wouldn't be. Well, first of all, it's a matter of um, you know. The employer expects it, it's a matter of um, your status within your department. If you if you stop publishing, you're, you're going to be nobody mm-hmm. in, the long, in the long term. Uh, and thirdly, it's, a, it's an identity question. They they choose to be, uh, at, they choose to continue to be at the university, and hence they, they want, that their identity realisation is to, to continue to, to do research. And so, um, the exposure to that new knowledge, through the commercialization, that they will use in order to, um, to, to publish something. Mm-hmm. And that should show up in the publications that they, uh, they develop. So now the second question is, uh, okay, first step, if you become an entrepreneur, you, you go outside, you listen Second Second one, that doesn't necessarily mean that your research becomes better, or worse, or, or, more interesting or, or less interesting, right? So how should we theorize that second step? You can't you can't mm-hmm. automatically assume that's positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're arguing here is um, that the the, uh, um, the exploration leads you to, um, to 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 get to know, to learn about a systematic body of knowledge that is different from the one. In, in your discipline, so ready-made frameworks, ready-made analytical ways of thinking that uh, you can transpose uh, into into your own research, if you will. It's not random. It's not it's not a random exploration in the sense that you, you do a little bit of that, you do uh, and 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 you collect, you re, you, re, you recombine randomly. But it's it's a it's a it's a it's a, a transposer of two orthogonal, mm-hmm. let's say. Uh, bodies of knowledge, and hence that that red, those ready-made templates you can use um, in order to to make your research more interesting and more novel. Yeah. And so, for for that reason, what what we are putting forward is to say <coughs> that will have that will have a, a positive impact on on your research. And the the measure that we use for that is uh, is impact mm-hmm. citation impact, because you could you could argue. They they could be publishing more, so that's just productivity, right? What we want to know is whether that knowledge is more valuable. Citations is a, is a it's a it's not a perfect measure, but it's it's one measure of, of how that new knowledge is appreciated by the audience, which are again again yeah. the academics. Okay, so I I've missed the hypothesis here because mm-hmm. it's a moderator. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry about that. So so um, this is. Um, this is what what we're going to argue, is that um, once we have exploration, the exploration will be positive for for the research impact, and overall, the exploration in the middle will mediate the effect of becoming an entrepreneur on, on the research impact. That's what it looks like. Step one. Step two is like, essentially, about the if you are already interdisciplinary, mm-hmm. the effect of entrepreneurship will be less because mm-hmm. you are already <laughs> interdisciplinary, and hence um, the shock, that I- the, the exploratory <laughs> shock, shock in- induced by the entrepreneurship event will be will be less. That's what, that's what we're arguing here. And finally, um, we have the positive impact here, and, and, and um, the uh, mm-hmm. exploration is immediate. Okay, let's let's look at some data. I have till quarter past. Right. So we study Imperial. (laughs) Um, I have worked with um, with the uh, various administrative departments at Imperial for years uh, to put together all of their data into into a dataset, anonymized, uh, but Mm -hmm. uh, it contains uh, it contains quite a comprehensive um, archival dataset. So which which includes um, uh, grants, contracts, uh, commercialization outcomes um, publications, teaching, we've also done survey and so on. What are we gonna use for, uh, also importantly, um, we link, uh, we match individuals, and we have about uh, th- 10,000 individuals in the database. What we did is we, we matched them with, uh, directors showing up in company's house, so which is, which is the, uh, um, uh, the institution and the organization in the UK that, that keeps records of war companies in the UK mm-hmm. and Ireland. And so, what we're saying is um, if somebody's a director of a company, <laughs> in the first year of founding, they're an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, give and take, it should, should be a right as a measure. Well, if anything, we're under, under- underestimating entrepreneurship because a lot of people may be founding companies in Iran or uh, in Germany, right? So, uh, so we, we don't pick up those. So we're we're under, uh, underestimating that entrepreneurship. Let me okay. just go back for for a minute. So um, so we've got ten thousand people and twenty five departments in a in a relatively specialized university. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, fifty uh, percent of Imperial is medicine, twenty percent is um, natural sciences, twenty percent is engineering, and a little bit the uh, social science. Uh, school. <laughs> so. Um, imperial like many universities encourages uh, people to, to become entrepreneurs so this is in terms of generalizability that should be fine all universities do that um it also incentivizes to do research so research is the single most important performance criterion in uh, in reviews so uh, and that's probably similar to many other universities as well so so tentatively generalizable not just across the uk but uh, uh to any in a global Chinese uh, university that that is integrated in a global research system. Okay, um, we have so we, we have we have first and fifty first-time entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship is a rare event, uh, but it's uh, these ten thousand people include lo- uh, include a lot of postdocs um, amongst senior faculty. So that's reader and full professor. Um, about 10% of of, uh, of those will, will will be entrepreneurs so it's quite considerable and obviously a lot less amongst postdocs and, and, and uh, junior junior faculty so um, how do we measure exploration uh, the exploration we, we measure on the basis of a, of their publication profile so essentially it's a new it's a new um, you know that journals are categorized in, in the subject categories that are quite narrow. I think there are 180, 190. And so if somebody publishes a new category, that's exploration. Um, research impact, we look at the, at the no, at total number of forward citations uh, within, within a moving time frame. Um, independent variables, um, somebody becomes an entrepreneur, that variable switches from from 0 to 1 according to that definition that, uh, that I put up mm-hmm. earlier. And, you know, forget, forget about the interdisciplinary ties for a moment. So in terms of the timing, uh, we look at, ex- at exploration in T. Uh, entrepreneurial any, uh, entry the year before, and we look at the citations uh, in a window that's from T plus two to T, in a three year time frame, uh, two years mm-hmm. forward into the future. Because our panel finished in the 2011, so we have, we have mm-hmm. loads of time. Uh, to, to do that um, we we control for for the self selection into entrepreneurship that, that's that's our first stage um, not, nothing to worry about <coughs> especially what we find um, so we run s- several models the uh, this is the first step exploration we see that if you if you're um, if you're on if you become an entrepreneur it's, it's strongly uh, significant strongly positively and significantly related to um, publishing in new categories of, of journals, so new disciplines to you. Uh, and um, you can also see here the interdisciplinary ties, it's a substitute, so the more, uh, it's, it's a negative moderation here, so the more interdisciplinary you are already, the less of less impact on exploration will entrepreneurship make, have. Uh, so then the second, the second stage. Which is <laughs> which is impact on performance. Um, you can see here that um, entrepreneurial entry in itself, as a as a as a main effect, mm-hmm. is positive. Um, once we put in exploration, it, it becomes it becomes less significant. So that means that exploration is, to a degree, mediating mediating that relationship. So um, this finding of of a positive. Effect of entrepreneurship, of becoming an entrepreneur in a way chimes with with our previous research. Um, That was a study where we essentially looked at what uh, effect industry collaboration has on your standing within the scientific Mm -hmm. community. So the idea there is to say, if you are too strongly associated with industry, uh, you may be discounted, valued down by your peers because they don't consider you anymore as a, as a worthy member of the community. Which <laughs> case, right? Uh, and as, as, as we said before, all grant proposals are reviewed by your by your peer friends, right? And so uh, if they see you're like a prolific collaborator with industry, the maybe they are, they are this. they are they are discounting you, right? They're scoring you down. So um, so what we did is we we took the number of industry contracts, we, we sort of call it industry evaluation because it's the value that industry places on you. It's a function of that. So the more industry contracts you have here, uh, and the ability to get grants, mm-hmm. which are in turn obviously evaluated by your peers, right? So what happens is, there, you get a curvilinear mm. uh, effect. However, uh, I- you can see here the number of industry contracts on average that you need to be marked down is 15. This is, this is over the period of our panel, which is about uh, nine years, nine, ten years. So it's quite a lot. Mm. It's number, not scale, though. <coughs> number, yeah, it's the number. Um, and it's a total number. So as long as you, as long as you and, and you know, 85% of the individuals are here, mm-hmm. so as long as you don't kind of ex- overdo it in an extreme kind of way, <laughs> it's actually positive okay. for, for you, in, in, in the eyes of your peers, to be engaging in the industry, for most people. And, and it, it hasn't got any effect at all for people who publish well because people can see they are still there, you know, they are effective uh, scientists. So it's more of a problem for, for those who are a little bit, you know, where the, the scientific accomplishments are less visible. Uh, so so this is kind of, in a way, uh, mostly a positive effect. And so engagement in with industry in our, with our measures also has a largely positive effect on, on science if you assume that getting grants will lead to, to publications right so it's just it's like a, it's a leading indicator let's say of, of scientific outcomes so the takeaway is um, obviously the headline result is that we have statistically shown there is a positive effect on research productivity once you enter entrepreneurship and stay at the university so obviously we need them to stay at the university and it, it's kind of it's obvious that if you leave university that you will probably have less incentive mm-hmm. Um, that's the mechanism that we what that we identify is exploration. So you, your research becomes more diversified to explore. And um, but obviously there is the moderation at the end. The contribution. So and, and in academic entrepreneurship, um, there's a paper by Tu and Chaminsky. <coughs> that 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 looks at the research output of of entrepreneurs in life sciences. Uh, they find a negative effect. Why? Because all of these uh, left university. left mm-hmm. the university employment. Yeah. So um, we, we put sort of a counterpoint to that. I find a positive effect. So it's it's it's. They call it brain brain, um, brain drain. <laughs> we call it brain gain. <laughs> uh, that that is affected uh, through the uh, uh, entrepreneurship there. We um, like identified a mechanism, and it has all broader implications uh, for for university-industry relationships in the sense that. Uh, hybrid entrepreneurship is one of the sort of correlated um, channels, um, uh, where other channels are part and, and a collaboration and so on, and we can sort of see, you know, a costly positive effect there too, so in a way, it, it complements that, uh, that picture. Uh, on hybrid entrepreneurship, um, if, if you want, you can sort of say this is a contribution to hybrid entrepreneurship as well, because usually uh, hybrid entrepreneurship is seen as hedging. Here it's not hedging, it's actually... You know, you stay at the university because because it actually helps you to, be, uh, the entrepreneurship uh, event helps you to be even better at your job, as opposed to you just staying, so to hang on and minimize the risk of your company going wrong. So it puts a different spin uh, uh, and view on to, um, on to hyper-entrepreneurship. And, uh, and that's me, any questions or comments? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>